Welcome to Pouring Over Pages, a podcast of words and wine. I'm Alexa. And I'm Maritza. Let's get ready to pop bottles and read novels. Yay! Oh my god, I'm like totally excited for today's episode. This is a very special bonus, spin-off-y, fun, different episode that we're recording today. Maritza, tell us why. Yeah, so we're actually veering away a little bit from our normal uh, structure. Normally, we have a book and a wine. We pair the two. We use the book as catalyst for conversation. Those of you who listen to us regularly would know. But as Alexa said, this is a little bit of a spinoff. It's a bonus episode because we have extremely special guests on. Those of you who know us have either seen us wear their clothes or have seen us repost their stuff or something Um, (laughs) we are big fans and so we're super excited to let you all know that we have jen and vero here from jzd designs it's amazing so we don't want to introduce you we want you all to tell us a little bit about yourself so so, you know to those of us who maybe aren't familiar with you or familiar with your brand um tell us just a little bit about about you and jzd Amazing. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. We're both so excited to be a part of your podcast Mm -hmm. Um, and to kind of go right in and tell you a little bit about us. I'm Jen. And I'm Vero. And we are the founders of Shop JZD. So we are a Latina empowerment brand. We're actually based in South Texas in a border town, Brownsville. And we started our brand back in 2016. Um, and ever since then, obviously it's grown. We've been in business for about seven years. Um, but we actually started it super small. We bootstrapped the entire way. We literally only had like $200 and that's what we invested into the business. And we just kind of took our earnings and put it right back in. Um, and now we focus on creating accessories, apparel, a little bit of everything to empower our community. And we mainly focus on the Latino community as well as the LGBT community. Um, we manufacture everything in-house. So we have our own screen printing team and our own embroidery team. And yeah, that's a little bit about us. No, that's so amazing. I remember um, it was 2020. It was that year that we will not name. (laughs) Um, And it was Christmas and I was stumbling. I'm like, yo, this year I really want to make sure I shop small. I shop female owned, uh, minority owned, queer owned, like all the all the topics. I'm like, I'm shopping that way because I really want to make a difference. So I was like mindlessly strolling through Instagram when like they really came in hardcore that shop feature and I'm like okay where am I going where am I going and then somehow I landed on your page and I'm like this is it this is what I want (laughs) and I bought yeah Maritza Christmas gifts family Christmas gifts and then that's kind of like how I I stumbled across you and we became big fans so it's like 2020 was a a pivotal year it was a pivotal year for us I mean everything was shut down and we actually were doing everything from our apartment We made, we turned our living room into my screen printing area. I actually just, we just had our girls over last Friday for, you know, to watch movies and stuff. And I was like, guys, I need to apologize about my restroom right now because it's our downstairs restroom and downstairs was where I was screen printing. And there's still like chemicals, like the emulsion and stuff like on the floor, like the house has struggled a little bit. Like she's seen some stuff. So you gotta do what you gotta do. 
Yeah, honestly, that that restroom was my dark room for me to be able to make the screens and be able to screen print and all that. And if you look at our blinds, they're full of ink because I was working there and that's where I was doing everything. And Jen was upstairs packing orders and stuff. So 2020 was, it was a really hard year emotionally, but the business really, it was really going through a change and we were right smack in the middle of it. And we had no idea because we were so consumed by the business and Honestly, we used to have to inflate our inflatable bed in our bedroom because our bed was full of merchandise. Oh my God. We didn't have a bed to sleep on. So we would have to, you know, get our, our, our bed uh, inflated and sleep on the floor. Yeah. Now we have a warehouse and we have a screen printer, but at the time we were doing everything. Like we were wearing all the hats of the business. And the headquarters was our house, which we have an apartment and it's not that big. So literally our living room was our manufacturing space and our spare bedroom was our shipping fulfillment center. So like Veto was screen printing and I was coming downstairs, picking up what she was screen printing, taking it upstairs, folding it, packing it, getting the orders out. Um, so it was a wild, wild time. And from, from that we now have our warehouse space and we've grown our team, but yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause we've, we've seen that like, not obviously, you know, y'all screen printing in your house, but I feel like we've <laughs> seen you guys grow on Instagram. Like I remember when you guys moved into the warehouse and, and the fact that you have this team now and that it feels like, I mean, it is a family business, but it feels like you've expanded your family. And like, it's very kind of clear on Instagram, the way that you guys portray it. I'm wondering if you guys could just talk to us a little bit about where the idea came from for it to be an empowerment, like that this message is like, what's so central and what makes it so unique. I mean, it's definitely what, you know, Alexa was drawn to now. Like that's what I love. And I like to gift it because I feel like it is kind of sentimental to give people that opportunity. So just like, where did that, where did that come from? Yeah, so it came from a journey. So I kind of have to give you a little backstory. So I'm an immigrant to the US. I was born in Mexico. And when I came here, I was six. I was about to turn seven. And I did not want to be here. We used to live in an upstairs apartment. And I would run down the stairs to the street screaming, like, I want to go back to Mexico. I want to go live with my grandma. Because I did not want to be here. And I didn't speak any English. And so when I went into first grade here, I didn't understand anything and I would come home crying every single day. And when I say every single day, I mean, I cried every single day of first grade. Oh no. I I totally get that. Like Latino parents are so savage. I moved here in fourth grade and they dumped my ass at school and I didn't speak any English and they were like, you'll figure it out. I was like, yeah. 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 You figured it out. Right. But it was like a hard transition. And you know, as a kid, like you don't understand why all of a sudden everybody's speaking to you in a different language and you don't understand. And, you know, it was a journey, but I definitely went through kind of like a roller coaster of emotions as I was growing up. I went from absolutely hating being here and wanting to go back to Mexico to when I was like a little bit older in high school. I didn't want to go back to Mexico because I wanted to hang out with my friends at the mall and, you know, kind of navigating that of at first being, a complete stranger and not understanding conversations 
from just the language to like pop culture and you know things like the kids were listening to like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and you were going home and you were listening to Rebelde and oof you know so it was like those things and navigating that and then wanting to submerge yourself in the pop culture here and not really wanting to know about that side because you were wanting to like fit in right so cut to when I'm a little bit older I graduate from college and I start to really realize all of the sacrifices that my parents had made in order for me to have this life and this was in 2016 so 2016 was a year where you know just a lot yeah. was happening. A lot was happening. A lot of orange things happening. Yes. <laughs> and so I think that moment in time, at the time, Veto was working in immigration. She was helping out the kids find relief to stay here in the United States. It was in a nonprofit. It was like, I I loved that I was working at a nonprofit, but it was probably the worst time to be doing it at. Like yes, you were emotionally just there was just no way to win. Everybody was out against you. And then there was two, you know, um there was the children's project and there was the adults project. Oof. And I worked in the children's project. So, you know, I'm not saying that it's any better for adults, but when you deal with kids, it's like kids have no they they it's not their fault you know they were just put in this world and they their parents tried to find a relief for them or they tried to survive themselves and at that point it was the worst time to be able to be doing that because everybody was telling you no and there were these metaphorical walls being put up and you couldn't do anything but yeah we were going through we were going through it Yeah, and it really hit close to home, and we saw so many of the things that were happening to our community. We saw them firsthand, and I created the Latina Power Shirt, and that was really the moment that it kind of organically happened. It wasn't really my intention, and sometimes I wish that I could say that, like, I started this because this and this, like, that's how I was feeling. Like I was feeling like I needed that empowerment and I wanted to make one for Vettel so she could take to work. And I made one for my mom. And then at the time we didn't even have our website or anything. So we just kind of listed it on Etsy, which is where we were selling at the Mm. time. And people reacted to it and people started to buy it. And not only did they start to buy it, but they actually started to talk back to us on social media. And they started to send us Etsy messages. And that's when I like sat her down. And I was like, I think I'm on to something. Yes. I don't think I'm the only one that needs this. And with the internet, you can obviously reach people everywhere. I think this came from a moment of self-discovery for Jen. Um, you know, like I, I, I always said, like, when you take a moment and really get to know what you need deep down inside and you just shut everything else up and think to yourself, what do I need? Then that's when you tap into something that you don't even realize others are also feeling. feeling. And I feel like others also at that point, they weren't aware that they needed it. But then you get it, you see it and you're like, wait a second. I wasn't aware that I was feeling this way. And I'm so glad that this has been brought up because now I get, I get to talk about it. And now I feel like I've got a community. So, and I feel like for us, it was, we've never hidden the fact that we're gay, 
that were married. It's never been something that we've had to, like Jen and I never sat down and we're like, do we discuss with these people that were lesbians and married? Or what do we do? We kind of just went about it. Just, this is who we are. It just happened. And it's like a double whammy, you know? You get to feel represented by your Latinidad, but also if you're part of the queer community, we're here and we're immigrants. And, you know, like, so it was a lot packed into one shirt Mm -hmm. because it wasn't just, do you feel represented? It was, how have you not felt represented? Because this shirt is showing it to you. I mean, but that's, I think what makes the work and and the designs and the messages so powerful, especially when you're thinking about the queer community, to be queer in a Latin American household is very different, right? It comes with its own struggles. And I'm very fortunate. I have a very progressive family. And and so no one in our house would ever say something, you know, derogatory or has ever made me feel like if I have gay friends or whatever that, you know, there's anything wrong. But I have a lot of friends who, as I was growing up, you know, they did. And they would speak very openly about that. And so it's just like, the fact that you're allowing for people to feel safe in that space, which is a place that I think a lot of people don't feel safe in, is, it's extremely important, right? So it's like, you're empowering people from the perspective of queerness, of of Latinidad, but also just like this idea of community that like anyone can be themselves in that space. And that when they wear your clothes, it doesn't really matter who they are, that they're welcome to do it. I think that that's a really important message. And not a coincidence at all now that you're mentioning that it all started in 2016 when I think a lot of us started to feel like we need to either be who we are really openly and loudly and embrace it and embrace each other or we're going to fail. Like that's genuinely how I felt. I was like, if we're not all like literally holding hands and fighting against this monster, (laughs) we are just all going to find ourselves losing out. And so I think that it's, you know, it's just no coincidence that like, you know, Alexa was like really interested in, you know, in, in what you guys were doing in 2020. Yeah, and like, you know what sure. I mean? It's just, it's catching on a certain moment, a certain zeitgeist. And I think it's just, you're doing the Lord's work is what I'm trying yeah. to say. In, in a lot of, <laughs> in a lot of words, you're doing the Lord's work. Okay. <laughs> it was, you know, once we really started to see how people reacted, then it was super obvious to us that what we were all seeking was that sense of community and we wanted to know that there was more of us that were going through the same feelings that you know so many of us are so alike and we go through experiences that are so similar and sometimes it can be so lonely because you don't know anybody that goes through the same thing and then you start to realize wait a minute like their parents reacted the same way that my parents did. And this doesn't just happen to me. And every item that we put out is very intentional and it's very community focused. And a lot of it is from that like nostalgia and that feeling of family and community and home and tradition and culture. And so every time we put a new product, we kind of ask ourselves like, what is this saying? What is it that we want other people to feel because that's really what we're selling like I know we sell apparel and we sell jewelry and we sell stationery but really what we're kind of putting into that item and kind of bundling it up is that feeling and whether that's feeling joy or feeling like this reminds you of your abuelita like those are the kinds of things that we're shipping out to all of our customers 
Something that I find really interesting, like we, you know, we live here in Miami, so obviously it's a Spanish speaking city. And if I wear something like this sweater, you know, the más feminismo, menos machismo, people can understand it, right? Because people here speak Spanish and they, and they still kind of look at it twice, like, because the Latino community is very machista. So they're like reading it in their own language and they're like, you know, like looking at it twice. And I'm like, that's, I think that that's the point in a lot of ways is that you're able to speak to the parts of our community that we also acknowledge need to improve. Yeah. And I think that that's what makes it so powerful as well is that when we do this, we're, we're protesting a little bit. I mean, do you see your clothing or your designs in a sense as protest or even, it might not be outwardly political, but do you, do you feel that it is? Yeah. Um, I mean, especially in 2016, um, it definitely became that. Um, and again, it wasn't intentional. I think it was just what was needed and it kind of took a life of its own. And then Vero and I kind of just like guided it and we're like, okay, this is where we're going with it. And this is what our community is asking for. And to this day, we are only putting out things that our community is asking for um, because otherwise what's the point, right? And, and Vero and I always say, yes, this is our brand, but it's really the community's brand and right. everything is theirs. It, we're just kind of the ones putting it out, but it's theirs. And, and once it's out, they get to do with it what they want and, and it takes direction on its own. And, and we are very intentional and very focused on listening to what our consumers are saying, what it is that they want, what they don't want, how it is that they're feeling, what they're going through in their life, transitions that are happening in their life. As they grow older, what is it that they're doing with her life? How how can we support them in those life changes from the eye of the Latino community? Because it's very different, you know, like when the experiences that everybody goes through can be very different for our community, like leaving for college. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. A completely <laughs> different experience when you're from a Latino household yeah. or even having sleepovers, like those kinds of yes. things, very different for the Latino community. That nobody really understood you for when you were a kid, you know, like, it's like, why can't you just come and sleep over at my house? Well, es que uno nunca sabe. You yes, know? exactly. I'm sorry. I know that we want to be kids. Do they have a brother? Is there a boy in the is house? There a man? Yes. Do they have a yes. father, an uncle? <laughs> the dad is present. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't care that the dad is present. You can't go. You know, it's like all these little things that people don't necessarily relate to with us. And in the moment when you're a teenager or when you're a kid, you're like, it's just happening to me. But it's not. It's happened to millions of people. And it still happens now, which is, you know, we're we're still very young, but we are in our 30s. And we do us too. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we did career day with high school a couple of of months ago they were freshmen they were I don't know they They were were babies yeah (laughs) and I asked them that question and I was like how many of you are allowed to have sleepovers and obviously at this point they're what like how old are you they're like 15 yeah 15 I think 15 15 time you know Yeah. yeah okay so there's a 15 year age gap and the kids said no porque una nunca sabe and I was like, it's still happening now. Like these experiences are still being had by these younger generations. And they too, like they looked around and they were like, your mom says that too? So, you know, it's kind of that that really fun in a way realization that we all go through these similar experiences and finding people 
that relate can be very impactful, especially in those core years where you feel like you're the only one that's going through them. So that's kind of what we try to focus on. Yeah, no, and you yeah. guys do a great job with it. I know the um <clears throat> the the Nosabo kid line kind of speaks to me being first generation Cuban American here and kind of like parents trying to whitewash language almost and be like, well, you need to speak English and you know, you're in America now. We're gonna be an American and kind of, you know, but at the same time, my bisabuela saying, no, speak Spanish, don't forget your culture. And it's just like this struggle here of like and never feeling kind of like you're in one world or the other. You're kind of like an in-between outsider and just kind of so it's nice that yes, yeah, super Latina and proud, but also having these other spaces for people to feel like they fit in even if it's like the most niche random thing to us it's not other people experience those same feelings yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually I really wanted to talk about that today as well like this idea that when you're in between cultures or living in two cultures that you almost feel this like pressure to be both things perfectly and how that's not realistic it's just not possible and yet we somehow are still put pressure to do it like I'm from Nicaragua. My parents are from Nicaragua. Um, I used to go all the time. And whenever I was there, they were like, oh, la, la prima gringa, you know, like, of course, <laughs> because I'm the only one that, you know, speaks English fluently. And I went to school here. And so they're like, oh, you know, she's a gringa. But then here in the U.S., they're like, well, she's Nicaraguan. And I'm like, I was born here. Like, I have an American passport. But they're like, no, no, no. But like, where are you really from? You know, like the yeah sure but like not yeah. really type thing you're and not I'm like, really from here you're yeah not really from here like you were born here but you're not really from here and I'm like honey I don't know what you want from me because like I can't yeah. I can't do much more than what I've done which is be educated here be born here I mean goddamn but it's just interesting the way that I think people in our community have to reckon with that on a regular basis like I think this is maybe not a daily thought but definitely a weekly thought like that I am both things and that I have to be able to kind of float between them and I think that it just if if there's one message I would want people to get is that that pressure shouldn't exist and at the very least like you can remove it from yourself and if it's as simple as like putting on a sweater that makes you feel like you're you know you're a part of a community or that you can be a little bit more free then that's enough at least for that day do you get what I'm saying yeah, I Definitely. think having the, that feeling of belonging is very important and to both, right? And I think there's like spe specific moments that we go through in our life that make it really clear that people, society sometimes will say, you don't belong here because of this. Like, for example, something that happened to me was when somebody told me for the first time, where are you from? Where's your accent from? And I was like, what accent? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I had an accent because I've been speaking English since I was seven years old and I don't hear myself having an accent. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, you have an accent. Like where, what's, what was your first language? And I was like, well, Spanish, but I don't have an accent. What are yeah. you talking about? And then it's like, no, you, you know, I do have an accent. We just don't hear it. Just like, yeah. I don't hear Vero having an accent, but people have told her, you have an accent. Like, yeah. you know, you can tell that English is not your first language. And so people tend to make it very clear that you're not enough to be a part of that community. You're never and American enough. You're never Mexican enough. It's a difficult life to live because like for me, I'm first generation Mexican-American. Um, 
And I was the first one in my family to learn English. But my first language was Spanish. Mm-hmm. So I get thrown into elementary school. Yeah, sure. I started elementary here and everything. But I was taking the Spanish classes up until first grade. And it's all this pressure of, okay, now you're going to go to Mexico to see your cousins and stuff. And they're like, well, talk English to us, teach us the English or whatever. And I'm like, bro, I barely learned it last week. Calm down. <laughs> I can't like, or the, you know, those little jokes that cousins make in Mexico, they're like, oh, well, you know, la gringa or whatever. I'm like, no. And then you go to school the following week and they're like, oh, well, you only know Spanish. You're not from here. You're from Mexico. And I'm like, no, I was born in a hospital here. I've been here my whole life. It's just my parents don't speak the language. And where am I supposed to learn it? Yeah, exactly. Where am I supposed to practice it? You know, it's such a difficult thing that I wish we would realize as kids like we would get it in our heads as children and be like it's okay like stop putting all this pressure on yourself to have perfect English to be above everybody else you know learn faster than everybody else because it's not it's not possible and you're never going to get there you're going to do all these things and it's still not going to be enough they're still going to be like you're not you still from have an here. accent or you still have an accent yeah and I I feel like there's no like we shouldn't strive for that. We shouldn't. Yeah. It, I think it's perfectly fine for us. And it's beautiful that we are both from both cultures and we get, and I was, I always tell her all the time. It's so cool that we get to listen to Spanish music and English music, and it can literally be going on at the same time. And you're going to understand both. And our brain doesn't even have to think about it. Like it just switches and we don't have to stop and translate and that's beautiful. And I think when you really start to embrace that, like I can speak to you in Spanish and I can be in line at the grocery store. And if there's an elder person in front of me that they, they don't speak English, like you can step in and help. And I think once you start embracing those things that make you so unique and and it's like a superpower. And I think really when you start embracing that, you really just, it all gets easier, I think. People just try to break shiny things. Yeah. Yeah. And extremely shiny for being I mean being a kid that's a t-shirt right there that's a t-shirt right there (laughs) being being in elementary school and being able to translate for your parents while a teacher is speaking to them like dude that's huge major that's not an embarrassment yeah that's not an embarrassment but unfortunately as a kid you're like like yeah of course you're like mom why don't you understand english yeah but it's like dude that's so cool you're only eight years old and somehow whatever this adult is saying in english you're able to put it in your little brain and it comes out through your mouth in spanish for your mom to understand no it's amazing it's yeah so i think that we just really have to like nurture our kids and really i it comes down to the parents and not put so much like pressure on them about fitting in and stuff because it's already hard on, on, on its own. You know, you're already having to go, go to school with your peers and they're like, where, where are you really from? And why do you have an accent? And did you really, you, you're not pronouncing that properly. So it's, it's a lot for a kid to go through. So I think that we really have to embrace our kiddos and be like, you know, dude, you're doing something amazing and knowing two languages and being able to go back to your home country and talk to Abuelita and Abuelito and then come back the following week and take a test in English. Like that's badass. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It is. It is a superpower. I mean, I think that we are a little bit spoiled here in Miami because 
you know, you can go the whole day without speaking a lick of English. Like I go to Starbucks, I'm ordering in Spanish. I'm going to pick up my order. I'm going to the dry cleaner, whatever I'm doing, the pharmacy, I'm speaking in Spanish. So like, I feel like I'm fortunate that I live in a city where I feel like I look like or speak like the people around me. But because of that, I feel a heightened difference when I leave Miami and I go to another city. That's when I'm like, oh, never mind. Like people don't, they don't, <laughs> not they're the not down here. with this. <laughs> right. They're looking at it's me like, funny. And like, there's nothing worse than like, if you go to another city and you see someone that, you know, you know, speak Spanish or you overheard them speaking Spanish and then you speak to them in Spanish thinking that you're kind of like trying to be kind and familial and then they don't want to speak it and you're like yeah. oh never mind here I am I fucked up again like you can't yeah get it right. I'm an asshole right. I'm like oh, okay never mind hello you know hello <laughs> ma'am start over and I'm like okay but it's just like I want to live in a country where I feel like every single one of us can just be who we are incredibly proud of where we came from if we came from somewhere else and allow for that space to be safe and I just feel like conversations like these allow that I know that a lot of people that listen to our podcast have told us that we talk a lot about women's rights on the podcast I think that that's been like our shtick um and they just tell us all the time they're like you know we feel the same frustration after the overturning of Roe we feel the same level of fear and I feel like this conversation will allow for a lot of people to also feel like they have a space um because it's just there are so many of us and I think that what you guys are doing is is proof of that the amount of people who are buying your clothes is proof of that right so I think we're on to something here I would yes. like to think <laughs> Absolutely. um I I did have another question um you mentioned at the beginning that you live in Brownsville can you talk a little bit about just how the community and where you live has inspired you or pushed you know your brand in a particular direction and just what it's like to live in texas yeah at, at this time texas is kind of like florida but i'm curious we're right behind you yours. we're also we're also in a terrible place but you yeah. know i think texas kind of paved the way a little bit unfortunately unfortunately not, unfortunately. not in the best <laughs> yeah, way I mean, we are lucky we have a very similar experience to what you're mentioning about living in miami so we are in a border town and because of that we are, I think it's 94% of our population is Latino. So we kind of have that same experience. You go to Starbucks, you can order in Spanish. You go to the grocery store. Everybody there speaks Spanish. Um, it's starting to shift a little bit. But for the most part, there's no really separation between English and Spanish. Everybody here speaks Spanish. Except for school. Except for school. When we were growing up it was very much of do not speak Spanish. It was yeah. like frowned upon, mm. you know, principals would come out and say, you better not be speaking Spanish. Mm. You have to speak English. You can speak even, even in the hallways or during lunch or during breakfast, like you weren't allowed to speak Spanish. And were they Latino? Like was leadership Latino or everybody, no? Everybody here. Everybody is here. Everybody. So that's, so that's uh, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like the reinforcing yeah. of that idea from people who, are supposed to make you feel like like you right that's actually really fascinating yeah it's... Plus, this was like 20 years ago yeah it was a long time but... I'm sure that things might have slightly changed since then my dad was a second grade teacher um and they were they most of our teachers are Latinos and I think my dad still wasn't allowed to speak Spanish, right? no it was I would break the rules though it was yeah. I can say it but he would talk to the kids in Spanish but Back to 
the question. Um, I think because of that, we're very lucky. And also we have the same experience when you go out and you realize, wow, we are not the majority everywhere. And the difference of even going to Starbucks is a very different experience than being here. And Texas is a, it can be very frustrating to live here because our beliefs and the mission and the messaging that we are spreading in Texas can sometimes feel like you're just speaking to an empty room um, because there's so many people that disagree. There's so many people that are willing to do so much to make us feel small and to make us feel like we don't belong. And so when you're putting out this brand whose main goal is to make people feel like they belong, and then you have a huge community that is saying, no, you don't belong. You have an accent. You look different than me. Your family is different. You, you know, all of this negative narrative, you know, it can be very frustrating. But it also just makes you want to do it even more and be louder and bolder. And that goes for everything from women's rights to LGBT issues to immigration issues. You know, Texas, unfortunately, kind of leads all the bad. I mean, it really <laughs> sucks that Texas hates everybody (laughs) we're women we're gay you know it's just we're we're not from here so it's like fuck like you're really trying to get me um check 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 yeah i'm so sorry if i'm not allowed to curse no no we curse all the time don't worry we curse all the time oh my god all Uh, our podcasts are like explicit content yeah well it's 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 terrible because i have had a lot of moments where i'm like babe like everything that we're going through it's so fucked up like it should not be this hard for a human to exist. Yeah. And to make matters worse for ourselves, it's where we we just check every single box of everybody that Abbott hates. So yeah. I'm like literally. I'm like, bro, like I I I I don't know. I just it's we and you know, and it's so easy because it's not easy, but a lot of people are like, well, are you gonna leave Texas? Will you be leaving? And it's like, that's the easy way out. And I, you know, we can't. We can't do that because if we give them the, okay, well, they're all just going to leave. They're going to keep on doing whatever they want. So we've got to stay behind and we got to keep on fighting for our rights and for them, for these people to just get out of office, period. And, you know, it's about leaving Texas. It's about in our town, Brownsville, as kids, we were told in school to not stay in, we have a university here. And they were like, do not stay for school here. If you stay for school here, you're not going to do anything. You have to leave. leave. Yeah, you have to leave Brownsville in order for you to become somebody in your life. Because if you stay here, it's just going to be a minimum wage job for the rest of your life. And Jen and I kind of stuck to our guns. You know, yes, we have Latino parents that were threatening to like die if we left. Of course. But, (laughs) But... uh school was much cheaper here and it was more convenient for us to stay here so we both graduated from our our university here and then the business started 
and they were like okay well you guys should probably leave to like california or to like austin or something because you're never gonna make it in brownsville stuck to our guns again and here we are you know <laughs> we haven't left and yes it's been difficult but who wants things in life easy like that's just not worth it at least for us like we come from immigrant parents like I come from parents. I was a janitor when I was in elementary with my parents. Jen comes from parents that her dad went to college when he was 40 years old and graduated to be a teacher at that age. You know, like our parents did not take the easy way out of anything. They worked their asses off to get us to where we're at now. So why would I take the easy way out? Just because I don't want to get my hands dirty. That's all I've known my whole life to get our hands dirty. So I, when everybody says, are you going to leave Texas? No, we're not leaving Texas. We got to stay here. We got to fight. We got to get rid of these people that literally are hate Jen and I, <laughs> that are literally hate <laughs> the persons that the people that Jen and I are. So it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate what we're going through, but it's yeah. just a testament of what people, just us being together, what we can do. Texas brings out a lot of people. Talking yes. about Texas is like, we could be here for three hours and talk about it. Yeah. It's like talking about Florida. With it's like us. talking about Florida. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. It's like yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't know if you've another experience. If you've seen that video of like someone getting interviewed and they're like, "You're from Miami," he's like, "Yeah, I'm from Miami," and they're like, "Miami, Florida." He's like, "No, Miami, I'm from Miami." <laughs> don't say Florida. Don't. No, <laughs> Miami is its I don't own know her. thing. I don't know <laughs> her. Get her away from me. No, but it's yeah. the same thing with with DeSantis here. He he's trying to get rid of uh, ban books, ban critical race theory, ban drag queens, <laughs> drag just like make all these things not exist. Uh, abortion bans. I think before six weeks, like all these backwards kind of ideas that I'm like, we came so far and now we're back. <laughs> it's yeah. A lot of parallels there um, that we we feel you with completely. And and like you said, we can't give them the satisfaction of giving up, giving in and moving out. So it, it's that it's, it's standing up for what you believe in and sticking to it. Cause the only way we're going to get those people out is to vote and protest and make positive and impactful social change. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people have the right to build their homes wherever it is that they choose. Right. And so just like this idea of like, oh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to a more progressive city. Yeah, sure. Like you said, it sounds like the easy way out. But in a lot of ways, it's like, you know, we're being asked then to 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 leave our home again. Right. Like my parents sacrificed enough to come to the United States. So now we would have to leave again for the sake of making other people comfortable. Yep. You know, it's just not it's just not right. And I think that um, it kind of goes back to what you said, Jen, at the beginning, this idea of like, finally, at a certain age being like, oh, shit, I know exactly what my parents have sacrificed are lazy. I'm like, I'm like, honey, <laughs> I don't know what they're talking. About. <laughs> I'm like, honey, you don't know. Like we are, I mean, we are the hardest working people because we do the best that we can to make a home, you know, for ourselves. And I'm obviously super fortunate. Like my parents came here when I was really little and I've practically grown up here, but it's just, it's just something that I wish more people could hear. And that's why I'm so glad that you talked about your journey about like how hard it was to just like get the business started. And like, I was doing this from my house and like the things that we do, we excel so far, but we start off so much further back yeah and I feel like people deserve to be acknowledged for that work we very rarely are which is part of my general frustration of life but <laughs> alas 
yeah, we have to work twice as hard to get half as far, which is, it sucks, but it's the reality for a lot of us. And I think, you know, starting a business was definitely not the norm. And, and now Latinos are starting businesses at a faster rate than anybody else. Um, when we started this seven years ago, that wasn't as common. And, and it was totally wild for us to do that because I mean, I went to school for psychology. I was working for the state of Texas. You know, I was doing everything the way I was supposed to do it. And I was kind of meeting those expectations from you move here, you leave Mexico, you come to the U.S., you go to school, you graduate top 5%, you go to college, you get your degree, you get yourself a big girl job. Like I followed all the steps to the T. And then I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not going to go into the same place and work eight to five for the next 40 years. I'm not doing it. And I quit. Like, I just quit my job. I walked in and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And my supervisor was like, well, what's your plan? And I was like, I don't know, but it's not here. Anything like, it's not it for me. <laughs> and I walked out. Like, I didn't even give it two weeks or anything. Probably should not have done that, but I was very young. And fine. we forgive just, you. It's fine. I just walked out. I was like, I'm done. I'm sorry, but bye. And I went home and I opened up an Etsy shop. Yay. And now we're here. We're just people are always shocked when like young women bet on themselves. Yeah. Like, of course, the natural question was, well, what's your plan? Yeah. Because like, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? And it's yeah. like, um, I'm going to bet on myself. Bitch. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That, that's just, how that was, went down <laughs> it was a scary bet it was a scary gamble it was it was hard it was definitely hard but yeah. she was so unhappy you know like it just was not what she wanted to do with her life and I get it like I was like yeah I mean thinking about it both of us having to stay at a job for the rest of our lives and this is going to be the same routine every single day and then and also I think sorry to interrupt you but like Vera and I were were very comfortable with having nothing you know, it was very familiar to us. So I was like, what's the difference? Yeah. Like if I'm eating maruchan no. and <laughs> I'm fine with it, like I could do it for a little bit longer and actually do something that's going to make me happy. And that's going to be mine, be mine, like help me find myself and allow me to go on this discovery, this journey of like, who really am I? And why am I here? And what's my purpose in life? do I really even want to do psychology? Like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? And, you know, we were just, we were sleeping on an inflatable bed and I was like, how worse can it get? Yeah. How much worse can it get? Like, I got a bed. I'll like, do it now. Yeah. You know? We were broke. We were, broke. yeah, we were so, so broke. broke. We were really young, newlyweds. So it was like, we were really comfortable and, and we looked at each other and we were like, well, we might as well do it now. It's just us. And you know, at the time, my parents had stable jobs and, you know, they didn't need me. Um, so it was like, why not now? Since then, now both of my parents work for us. So we took them out of working. Um, so yes. now business has to do well because yes. I have a lot of responsibility. <laughs> now we can't go back. Now we're not, <laughs> it's not that easy anymore because mom and dad are like, you know they're on the <laughs> payroll they're like come on girl yeah, yeah they're like yeah and they they got to stay on there because those handwritten notes like oh. literally make my day when I open my package I'm like like this is 
This is it's too bad. much. Like I'm like, cool. I get like teary. I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking he cute. He loves it so much. Like he is so proud when he does them and he'll like send us, he'll like send us pictures or if we're in the warehouse, he'll be like, I'm going to write this. Is this okay? Um, He loves it. He, he loves reading when, when people leave us notes and. Cause he's the one that's opening the orders yeah. and stuff. Cause he takes care of printing the shipping labels and all that. So he goes through everybody's orders. So He's real metiche. He loves to see if there's notes or whatever. And he's like, he'll read the notes first. Like sometimes people will leave notes for Jen and I. And he's like, well, I hope you girls don't mind, but I already read it. And I wrote, um, and I wrote back, but this is what they said to you. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what you said back. And it's like, yeah. what? And you're like, okay. <laughs> Great. All right. He always signs them as um, Jen's dad, or he'll put Gus because now people know who Gus is we like show him on socials but before he would put Jen's dad um but now because of socials social media is wild but now sometimes they'll go to like H-E-B to go grocery shopping and my mom will call me and she'll be like adivina lo que me pasó and I'm like what happened she's like estaba por las verduras y me reconocieron and so, like, people <laughs> know who she is. And Local then, celeb. Right? Yeah. For and real. they'll, like, know, or, like, they'll see my dad, and they'll call him, like, JZD dad when they, like, see oh him. Oh, my God. And or they call, call him Gus the Bus. Gus because the Bus. I call him Gus the Bus. And then Mary, I call her Mary Lou. But I just started calling her Mary Lou, but people literally think her name is Mary Lou. It's just Mary. <laughs> it's just Mary. <laughs> it's Maria. It's Maria. But I just, you know... But people will literally be like, Mary Lou, Mary Lou. And she's like, oh my God, me conoce. Que pena, que pena. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, she'll be like, no ando maquillada, que pena. Of course. Oh this is like, this is it just rhymes. like the most Hispanic shit. Like my mom's the same. Like my mom will like get decked out to like go to the pharmacy. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, you never know who you're going to see. I'm like. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, are you like in the pharmacy? Come on. But no, it, it's true. But then of course, like the day I look like shit is exactly when I run into like my tia or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. of course, like yeah, they're not wrong. Course. I make fun of them, but they're, they're not, not wrong. wrong. They're onto something. It's scary they're onto something. thinking like that too. Like I do that now. Like I'm at the point where she'll be like, let's just go to here really quick. And I'm like, I can't go unless I put something on my face. Like, I yeah, can't. yeah. You're like, at least like, the mascara. I can't now. <laughs> We're old now. Yeah. We're old now. Your mother. My, my mother. We're in our senora era. And that's yes. okay. I'm fine with that. Are. And speaking speaking of senoras, I don't know how, I don't know how I've like held this in this whole time, but like, I need to know everything about you guys going to the White House and meeting Kamala and how that happened. Yeah. Like how big of a deal that is. Like that is Huge. so amazing. It just goes to show what your platform is has become but I need to know everything everything does she smell good she does yes <laughs> she does she does it okay hot, it was hot outside but she but was she not perfect there was like no there was like no sweat, sweat. or like a hair out of place oh mind God. you I did my hair before I ended up there I did I swear to God I did my hair it but by the like time it. I took a picture with her my hairs were like this <laughs> and I was like I don't know how she does it because she looked perfect she did. She really did. But to tell you how it happened. So they actually called the store and Vero and I were not here. And so our brand manager answers and she's like, oh, well, you know, the girls are not here, but you can send me an email and then I'll relay the message. 
And so they sent her an email. And by that point, we're already here at the shop. So we're doing the run through of the day. of. Yeah. And she's like, oh, they emailed me um, just now. I'm going to read it out loud. And so she starts reading the email out loud. And then it's like the white house it's all like a blur but then she ends it with like their closing yeah their signature and she's like uh this is like a dot gov email you know oh my god like legit yeah yeah it's just like vice house of vice president whatever white house yeah and all we hear is like the key words of like white house and jen's president like what did you say and jen's like wait a second go back go back go back back. what do you say what do you and then she reads it back and I'm like, go check where the, what the email address is, you know, to see if it was like a legit email address. Yeah, not some phishing it, it scam looks, or something. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like a legitimate email. So we have a publicist. Her name is Lizette, which y'all I think I've spoken to, right? Yeah. And so Marianne, our band manager, is reading it and I'm like, stop. Oh, screenshot that and send it to Lizette right now. Lizette will tell us if this is a scam or not. Yeah, and so Lizette sees it and so she texts back and right away i'm like is this a scam and lizette is like no like i think this is real let me call her and so she calls um the person who was talking to us but at this point we don't know anything of why they're trying to contact us like it it just says like the vice president and her team have you on their radar and want your your information information um, and so they wanted like our legal names and our personal email addresses. I thought they were going to deport us. I'm not going to And lie. I was like, oh, <laughs> they're my citizenship. Yeah. That was my first thought. I was like, I have been, I've caused too much trouble. They're revoking my citizenship because I'm not biased to you a citizen. Yeah, yeah. It was like one of our shirts cost too much. Too much. It's like, like we started it, we're we done. the pot too, way too much. I was like, we're <laughs> back, babe. It's okay. I was born here. We'll, we'll, we'll do figure it, it out. Right we'll figure it out. <laughs> and we'll have to do the paperwork. And I, I like literally texted that. I was like, am I getting deported? Like, yeah. what is happening right now? literally and Lizette is like laughing at me and she was like no like they there must be something that they're like you are like what like they've got to be talking to you about something positively they're not gonna just reach out to you to deport you like calm yeah, down yeah. <laughs> and so Lizette calls her and she's like oh I just need their legal names and personal email addresses I can't disclose anything further and so then that happens. We get an email just saying like confirmation. I've received your legal names. Um, I have your uh, correct contact info. And then crickets. Yeah, we get Nothing. ghosted for a little bit. And I was like, and I'm like, and every day she was like, should we call her again? Should we like, should we email again? And we're like, no, like just wait. You know, Lizette is thinking like it has to do something with pride. Like there's got to sure. be something happening with pride. And then maybe like a week and a half before we get the official invitation. And it says like, um, Vice President Kamala Harris and, and, the second and the second gentleman would like to formally invite you to Pride at the Vice President's residence. And, you know, we obviously screenshot, send it to, to our publicist. And I'm like, okay, so like, this is real. Like, that's why they wanted yes. our legal names. And then you have to go on like RSVP, um put out your like legal information because obviously you're so you have to get clear sure. to get background in. checks everything yeah, yeah, yeah. everything Crazy stuff. <laughs> and so then yeah we booked our flights and I told I told my parents my parents were like beyond 
it just so happened it just so happened that they finally sent the invitation on gus's birthday oh my god's birthday so we took him out to dinner and we were like and we had just found out like maybe 30 minutes before we went to dinner with him we found out that we were gonna actually go but you know, like typical, I don't know. I feel like we're we're very like typical Mexicans, Jen and I. Sometimes we're like, we shouldn't say anything but yeah. what if it doesn't happen? You Until know? Yeah. it happens, yeah. So it's like yeah, I told my mom because you know, my mom, she wanted to like go tell the tias and she wanted everything. to put it on Facebook and I told my mom, Facebook. Yeah, of course, Facebook. of course. I was like, no vayas a decir nada hasta que esté adentro. Una vez que ya esté adentro, te mando foto y ya puedes decir. And sure enough, I was like, we didn't tell anybody until we were inside. inside. You're like, we just got to make sure this is real. And then you go through all of like the clearances, the secret service, all that. And then we were inside and we took a selfie and I was like, you can tell people now. We're in. We're in. We're in with Kamala. Yeah. Yeah. It was a wild, wild experience. It It was was insane. It was, I don't think that I had ever felt like for me it's just crazy to think about where Jen and I started you know like I'm the emotional one in the relationship I cry about everything as you guys know (laughs) and I haven't cried about this yet like I feel like I still haven't processed it completely but in the moment when we were there when we got there and we get we got greeted by the marching band and cheerleaders and once we got past the secret service and we finally make it to the pool area and they offer us wine and I'm there and I'm like, holy fuck, how in the world did we do this? Like, I was like, and I literally told Jen this all the time. I'm like, babe, you came from Mexico <laughs> when you were like that all the time. six years old. And I was like, and I'm like, my parents are teen parents. Like everything was out. Like against us to make it harder for to you. make it so much harder for us like I'm first born woman in my from my parents teen parents no education from both of them like there were the aspirations that my parents had for me slim like my parents when college came around when I was about to finish high school and I was like okay guys you know how the counselors start telling you all right, it's time to talk to your parents about financial aid and how much money they have for you to go to school. I literally went home to them my junior year and I was like, ma, pa, I want to go to X university. Do you have money? My dad was like, I was just counting on you graduating high school. Like there's nothing I have. He's like, if that's what you're going to do, if your choice is going to be to go to college, you got to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I don't have the money. We're barely making ends meet. I don't have any money for you to like for anything extra. There's just money for us to eat and to survive. That's it. So getting it, there. It, it was insane. And then the feeling, um, because you literally, we got greeted by a marching band and cheerleaders like shaking their pom-poms. I was a cheerleader in high school. Like oh. I know the importance of being, having the pom-poms and you walking through the pom-poms. Like that is important. And we literally walked. I was a band geek, and I know how important how loud the music gets when somebody passes by. I was a band geek, so. And we like literally were walking, and I looked at her, and I was like, "What are we doing here?" Like it was just such a wild feeling of like, 
How did we get here? How is this real? How did I actually get inside? Yeah. Like, and how then, is this our life? Yeah. And then, like, walking in and, like, recognizing all of these iconic people that you just, you know, you see on social media, you see on, on TV, TV. And they're, like, right there. Like, you could go and, like, touch them. Like, that was... It was we could not believe it. Like there was like a solid 30 minutes where we were just like staring at each other and saying like, what do we do? Like, I, I've never been in a situation like this. I don't know how to act. Yeah. And then literally. there was a pool. And yeah. the entire time I was like, I would be that person that falls into the pool. No. And guess what? I don't know how to swim. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. We stayed very far away from that pool. Cause I was like, I'm going to get too excited. I'm going to step back and I'm going to fall in this pool. And I don't want to be that person. I don't want Kamala to be like, get that bitch out of the pool. You know what I mean? You are I no longer on our radar because you fell in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But it was so it surreal. Was, it was so fun. It was so beautiful to inspiring. see. It was so inspiring. It was a highlight of our life. And then I pushed my way to the front to get a picture with. She sure did. Yes, I, I rewatched that reels today before this call and I was just like, I was tearing up. I was like, oh my God, look there. Yeah. It, it was so crazy. It, it was an experience. It just, I don't know. It's like, you know, you work so hard every day and you realize like you, you have to work hard to make your dreams come true. Um, but I think that Jen and I have gotten to a point where we're starting to see our dreams come true. And I don't know if it's because I used to see my parents and I felt like they felt like they were never going to see their dreams come true. Like they worked so hard, but they realized like, I'm never going to get to see the things that I actually re really wanted for my life happen for me in my lifetime. So I grew up thinking that too. I grew up thinking I'm going to work really hard, but I don't know if I'm ever really going to see my dreams come true. And for us to be, I'm 33, she's 30. And to be accomplishing the things that we're accomplishing when we've had everything against us, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's the craziest thing that's ever happened to us. It's just not what I imagined for my life, really. Honestly, I didn't even think that I was going to make it to 33 and here I am. And I met the vice president. Yes. Like, I mean, I think it, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's very full circle. This idea of like, you know, people tell you that you don't belong. And yet they're not the ones that are, you know, taking selfies with Kamala Harris. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like what you're, what you're doing for your community and empowering so many people and encouraging them to get involved. I mean, like, I love the fact that you guys don't shy away from the political elements of it because I think it actually, it shows, it, it proves that the only way to build a better world is to actually participate in it and to not be afraid to vote and to vocalize your thoughts and so the fact that you know these two young girls living in Brownsville are hanging out with Kamala Harris I think is is proof to a lot of other people who might be as creative and just maybe are afraid to start their own brand or are afraid to start their own business right but that they can do it and that maybe they're not hanging out with Kamala maybe they're with Obama or with someone else but you know it's like there's space for all of us and I think that it's just it's very full circle to us, you know, for us to have started the conversation with this idea of belonging and then that surreal moment because it's proof that there's room for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for so long, we've been conditioned to believe that there isn't, 
that there's not enough room for everybody, that there isn't enough everything, wealth, space, opportunities, but there is, there is. And, and once you see it, you realize there we, there is space for all of us. And I think it's very important for us to continue to enter those spaces and then leave the door wide open. And, and I think it's, it's a part of what we do. And again, everything that we do is for the community and it's empowered by the community. And while we're out here trying to empower them, like it, it's the reciprocal and, and we kind of feed off each other. Jen always says this, and I love it when you say it, what? Um, about if there isn't enough space at the table, Oh yeah, you create your own table, you mm-hmm. create your own space. She always says it. And I love that she always says it because it's true there if people don't want to welcome us onto their table that's fine it's fine it's okay know i know how, how we know how to build one yeah <laughs> you know we're handy with tools yes yeah. we'll build it you and build your open. own and you'll have more fun and you'll have cooler people yeah, exactly table. you'll have more fun there'll be more space and there's enough for everybody to go around mm-hmm. there's no need for us to feel like oh if i share this it's not going to be enough for me no there's enough for everybody to go around and and that's why we love our community because like she's saying when we are inspiring you you guys inspire us and that's what keeps us going yeah well we cannot thank you enough for giving us your time and for telling us your story and for us to share it with everyone with all of our listeners and consider us huge fans we were just talking before um before you came on i was like i think we should do like Maritza and Alexa's top picks of like JZD stuff. And like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure sure. out like our little curated section, but I was like, yeah. let's find a way to really like keep this partnership, consider us friends and people who really want to support your brand and support you. We love what you're doing. It means so much to us that you came on and we just want you to always feel like you can come on this platform and express yourselves and we're a safe space too. You're welcome at our table. Yes. And <laughs> we are so grateful for for everything that you're doing and for your time and for all the compliments I get whenever I wear your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're so happy to have done this and have met y'all um, virtually, but still I'm so excited um, and we're just so grateful. Anytime you come to Miami, please let us know. Yes, we are oh your gosh, girls. Yes. Your go-to girls but, in Miami. <laughs> yes. yes. We're kind of scared to go to Florida. But, if but Miami's not part of Florida. Was, that's what I was going to say. But if Miami's not a part of Florida. It's not. No. Okay. I promise. I promise it's we, not. We People here are generally cool. It. Yes. We're a cool place. We've got great <laughs> food. You can speak Spanish everywhere. Just don't, like, go right outside the perimeter. Things get really scary really quickly. Yeah, you hit Broward. That. Palm Beach people start to yeah. get yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always I always joke like whenever I like because we go to Orlando like you know because Disney World or whatever so yeah. when we drive up there I'm always just amazed at how like as soon as you leave Miami County you see all these like really scary billboards of like anti-abortion stuff I'm like guys chill like I'm just trying to get to Disney World <laughs> like it's so intense Florida's scary but I promise if you just land in Miami you'll be safe yeah well, you know what? That you make me feel like I was like, wow, Florida, Texas, same thing. This the moment we leave Brownsville when we're driving, it's drum. like the baby has eyes at this. Yes, whatever. yes, like, yes. No, just stop. <laughs> just stop. Like just I don't stop. stop. No. Enough. Yeah. 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 So okay, I get it. Miami safe. Yeah. Got so it. Miami safe. So you'll be safe here. You already know exactly what it's like. 
But anytime that you guys are in South Florida, we would love to meet you. And we're just, again, so grateful. And we can't waste it, you know, wait to share this with everybody. And Definitely. I'm sure we'll get a positive response. For sure. And it's so awesome. it's so nice and refreshing to to speak to two fabulous ladies like you, just because we we pair wine with books. And a lot of the times with our books, we hit upon these topics and current events so it's nice to bring the topics and and the people out of the books almost and and bring it to life and make people realize like yeah these things that we're talking about in a book they affect your everyday life they're affecting everyone so you need to be vigilant and aware and you know just socially conscious and go vote and and go express your view yeah voting is key so so it's so nice to to chat with you and like be here together (laughs) yeah so much fun virtual hugs virtual hugs virtual hugs such a great episode please please subscribe to our podcast give us all of the stars give us all the great comments um if you're not following our instagram it is at pouring over pages podcast hit that follow um go on our website sign up for our newsletter check out our etsy shop get all the merch and until next time we'll we'll keep uh popping bottles and reading novels with you cheers